to episode 77 of the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week's shinty from all over Scotland. In the week that an air traffic control problem led to meltdown at Gatwick, there was lots of great shinty. And to go through it all with me, I've been joined by a man with the aid of a melt. It's none other than the neoliberal knave, Cami Middleton. Cami, how have you been and have you got any holidays planned? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, glad we're back on. Wee week off. Um, enjoyed that one there. Have I got any holiday plans? I'm going to Cork. Again, Ireland again. It's like the third time I've been this year as well. It's the only place mm. I seem to go. Definitely nothing to do with the fact that it's really, really cheap flights and I'm stingy as they come. <laughs> um, but going to Cork uh, with a few of my pals as well as Annie um, for my birthday at the end of the month. And I was also looking at Cyprus in January, which is a weird one. Um, really, really cheap flights and cheap accommodation as well. But I have no idea if that's just an absolute no-go in January, if it's going to be like 15 degrees and not worth it. But that that is on my radar as well. What about you? Any yeah, holidays? Okay, that's, no, yeah, that's an interesting one, Cyprus in January. I mean, if it's warm enough, even if it's sort of 18, then that would be good because January is mm-hmm. absolute murder. But it would have to be deadly cheap to be going away in January because I don't know about you, but I am always skint in January. Um, I'm not I took think... that into consideration, actually. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. I'm not trying to you know, <laughs> crash your dreams down. Um I am off to Lisbon with the boys in four weeks on a little boys holiday. Um, we're going to go over there. I think we're going to try and get to a Porto versus Benfica game because mm. it's on, uh, well, Benfica at home, so it's on in Lisbon. I checked last year and it didn't sell out uh, when it was in Lisbon. So, you know, I think they've got a really big stadium. Um, so, yeah, that would be amazing if we could go and see that. Catch some sun and yeah, a much needed break after the Kamina Cup is over with at the end of September. So yeah, looking forward to that. Beyond that, Emma and I have just booked to Rome um, nice. in October. So yeah, a couple of good holidays coming up that I'm excited about. One thing to note, I went to Porto in March last year. There is no alcohol inside the stadium. It's only alcohol free. So we were having about a couple of them inside the ground thinking, ah, this is all right, but I feel okay. And then turns out there was no booze in it anyway. That is um that is not good. Uh, we might have to we might have to cancel the whole whole holiday to Lisbon now. Uh, but no, I Apologies. was in Italy in April and there was there was booze there and it was obviously class, but it's fine. I'm sure we can last an hour and a yeah, half. We're sure. not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you got up to the weekend just passed? You're helping out the Cam Act, were you? I was, yeah. Good weekend for me. Helped out at the Abilla Cup final on Saturday which I'm sure we'll go into more detail uh, later on. Uh, it was a crack game. Great occasion. Was a uh, Brilliant to see another final being played in Strakar. Hopefully many more to come. Uh, went back to Glasgow after it. Had a nice wee Italian dinner with Annie. Mm. And on Sunday, I played football, believe it or not, outfield. And we won 6-0. So overall, a pretty decent weekend for myself, if I say so. Yeah, I saw that you were outfield. I don't know what they're thinking there. Like, you know, but no, anyway, the less, less said about that. <laughs> uh, any plans for this week? Um, nothing massive planned for me, sadly. No shinty. I'm not playing football, which means I might need to go watch Morton on Saturday, which is almost inevitably going to ruin my weekend before it even gets going. Um, <laughs> but so poor weekend. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm sort of in two minds whether to go to the WCA finals or not. Um, I would love to be there, but it's just easier to write the match report when you can watch on TV and pause and rewind and you know no, describe no. the goal and have it ready to go. Uh, for the final whistle so I'm going to wait and see how I feel about that but I'm sure we'll go on to talk about some of the women's finals later on in the podcast Um, and I suppose we'll just get into it let's get the show on the road before we get started on the wheel of news I just wanted to get your reaction Cami obviously we we didn't have a podcast last week because we're both super busy but I want to get your reaction to Oban Kamenak winning the Macaulay Cup Um, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, it's a shame we couldn't record uh, last week. There was a lot to talk about, but we're both kind of snowed under with work and other things going on. But yeah, massive congratulations to Oban Kamrick and winning the Macaulay. Um, thoroughly deserved, I think. And I think it's a testament to the work going on behind the scenes at Kamrick as well as, as well as the standard of shinty we've seen from Oban over the course of the season as well as the past few years. I'd argue they are already one of the best sides in Shinty. And on top of that, with the nature of their young squad, they are arguably have the kind of brightest future ahead of them in comparison to the rivals around them. Um, the final itself um, is a while ago now, so I can't remember it as much. But I do remember Kingusi, to their credit, playing some decent Shinty in the first half with Cal Mactosh scoring the opener. He's a player with a very bright future ahead of him as well, I thought. Mm. He posed a real threat. Uh, but Oban bounced back really well in the second and brought the game to Kingusi, I thought. And um, two well-taken goals, firstly from young Matthew Sloss, who will remember that goal for some time followed by Lewis Cameron, who ended up bagging the winner and ultimately Oban's first major trophy since 1996. Maybe wrong with that stat, but it seems, un- it seems no, unlikely. But yeah, well, there you go. What an amazing day for them. I um, thought Daniel Sloss was excellent too, uh, as well as the entire forward line, who go under the radar slightly because um, it's kind of the most workman-like forward line in the top flight. There's no out-and-out standouts there, but they all seem to do their job mm. and do their job well for that matter. I don't have any criticisms for in UC either. I thought they were just matched by a team who was hungrier, uh, more hungry for it up front and as well as being backed by their home support. Um, I think the Camera Cup final now is a, has a kind of new edge to it now. Uh, yeah. This might be where we see King UC play their best shinny of the season. But right now it is bragging rights. They lie with Oban. So a really, really good final. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great as well. And obviously, if you uh, do want to hear an interview with Oban Kamenak captain Daniel Sloss, then just check out the latest episode of the podcast where I caught up with him last week. But let's get into the actual feel of news, Kami, and I'm going to bat it straight back to you. What do you want to talk about? I'm actually going to go backtrack already because a wee side note, congratulations to everyone who had Oban Kamenak as their Macaulay Cup champions and their kick-tip pre-season prediction, including yours truly. There you go. I don't oh, get a brag Jesus about kick-tip much, but there you go. I back Oban from the start. Um, but yeah, I'll move on. We'll start the Wheel of News. Uh, I was, of course, at the Bullock final, as we mentioned earlier, helping out the CA once again, doing your job for you, Aaron. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, for my generous help at the gate, I was treated to a fantastic final between Kyles and GMA, with Kyles coming out on top in the end with a 3-2 victory, picking up their third Bullock title in 10 years, regaining their champion status of GMA, who were, of course, last year's winners. Firstly, I know I'm very, very biased, but it was fantastic seeing the final being held in Strucker. I know mm. a few venues recently have made a name for themselves for certain competitions, and I hope the CAC Strucker more as a candidate for the Bullock final in years to come. We got some very positive feedback from the final, and it was only down to the amazing help from the volunteers who worked throughout the week to make sure the final run as smooth as it did. However, back to the Shinty. I missed the first 15 minutes as I was counting the kind of, uh, counting the money, uh, but only missed two goals from Kyle's Rowan McVicker, including one screamer apparently. Uh, Kyle's Conor Gadici unfortunately been helped off with a serious knee injury, and GMA's Gary Luke chipping his tooth. So an uneventful start to the game it seemed. <laughs> I missed. Kyle's then went on to dominate uh, the opening half, in my opinion. The returning George Thompson, who played first team for Kyle's last year, was a difference maker in the opening 45 at full centre. Miragel didn't really know how to kind of cope with him. If Kyle's gone on to then pick a third as Dave Martin struck home, giving him a free goal lead heading into half time. Then I think Angus McInnes Sr. took a side in the changing rooms at half time and let's say some animated words were shared as uh, Jamie took the pitch after the interval, looking like a totally different side. Two scrappy but very well taken goals straight after the restart brought them right back in it through Angus McInnes Jr. and Ross Brown with the Kyle's defence still sleeping, it seemed. Uh, 
And before you know it, the deficit was down to one out of absolute nothing. Yeah. Um, the second half was mostly Midrigale in control with Kyle's defending brilliantly, brilliantly to their credit. GMA brought on Connor McLeod uh, towards the end of the first half and he made a massive difference. He's a really quality shinty player and I'm surprised he's not been involved with the first more. He kind of calmed it down for GMA. His passing was brilliant from the centre. Uh, Kyle's had a golden opportunity to put the game to bed from the penalty spot but Neil Robertson denied uh, Dave Martin to keep it 3-2 but that was enough for Kells to pick up the title a really really fantastic game of shinty individually there's a few players from both sides that stood out including 14 year old Zach Menzies from GMA who's fantastic I think that's his name but Luke Thornton from Kells was a standout at fullback he did brilliantly to keep Ross Brown quiet and that's some task in its own I think he's shinty's second top goal scorer um, so I unbelievable yeah Luke was the anchor in the cows back line which I thought was the difference on the day so well done the cows for picking up the bullock yeah absolutely well done the Kyle's delighted for them um, and I'm really glad I guess to hear everything went so well at the bullock cap I'm definitely not bitter in the slightest <laughs> because up in Inverarney it was without a doubt the worst weather for a shinty game I've ever experienced it was absolutely thundering it down bad. rain Raindrops the size of small children, it was cold, it was muddy, a total disaster from the weather standpoint. Got to say though, similar to Strucker, like you just said, Boleskine did a wonderful job of hosting, despite the conditions. The park held up pretty well and the hospitality was exceptional, but you know, it is really hard to enjoy a game in that kind of conditions where you can barely even see the pitch for the rain lashing into your face, so... Yeah, I mean, speaking of the game, it was a pretty even contest. Obviously, it went to extra time, so that sort of goes without saying. But rather than being an end-to-end, the match sort of went through periods of pressure for each side, with Fort taking control for 15, 20 minutes. Then it would switch to Shield and vice versa. The opening goal came from Fort William through a pretty simple free-hit. Padraig McNeil played the ball on the outside to Robert McMillan, who took a touch before firing it across the Shield keeper to make it 1-0. And I think, to be honest, when Kinloch Shield look back at that, they're going to be a little bit disappointed to lose a goal of that nature from a set piece. But that was sort of the story of the game, which I'm sure I'll go on to talk about. Um, ultimately, you know, Fort did edge in front with that, but Shield would bite back. Uh, second half... Again from a free hit, this time Paul McRae floating a ball over the top of the Fort defence from the right wing, leaving Rory Slaughter clean through on goal for an easy finish. However, in extra time, it was Fort William who would get the decisive winner. Again, you guessed it, a set piece. This time from a corner, the ball sort of spun in, it skipped past a shield back and popped up off Jack Kearney, who really calmly actually volleyed it past the onrushing Callum McMillan. Now... Officially, I think, and uh, through work, the CA is probably not a fan of Housery, but I absolutely am. And I thought that Jack Shushin, the Shield crowd, was quite funny when he scored. So, yeah, fair play to him for that. Man of the match, from what I could see uh, from the game through the rain, was probably Fort William goalkeeper Mark Fraser. And I'm a little bit, I think the keepers get chosen as man of the match a little bit too often, just because they're sort of in the action a lot. But I really did think that Mark did well in this game. Uh, Fort William went on obviously to lift the trophy for the first time since 2019. Shield going to be probably really disappointed having managed to knock out sort of the eternal favourites certainly over the past five years, Newton Moore, that they weren't able to then get over the line against Fort William. But they do have a lot of promising players coming through, you know, the likes of Aaron Jack, Rory Barkley, Rory Slaughter, Seamus and Kieran Martin, etc. So the future does look bright for them. I mean, it's often been sort of lorded over uh, Kinloch Shield at once, the McRae's and that move on from the team that they might be in a bit of trouble. But I think these guys coming through there, you know, they are all premiership quality or certainly will be in a few years 
years. So I think that you know they they can they can sustain what they've done over the last few years. Although maybe it will still be difficult to reach the kind of heights of winning a Macaulay, a Kamenak, etc., etc. But anyway, fair play to Fort William. They're the winners of the day. They win the trophy. Probably just deserve to win it over the piece. I would say so. Yeah, delighted to see that. Um, what else has caught your eye this week, Cami? Yeah, I'll continue in North 1, where a team was crowned champions and a team was doomed for relegation. And not only that, it all happened in the same game, a Badenoch derby nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yes, Newton Moore were crowned North 1 champions again, continuing their domination in the division of recent years and reaffirming the argument that Newton Moore 2s are a national division standard side and should second teams be allowed in the national However, that's an argument for another day as right now they came out on top in a 5-1 victory in the Badenoch derby, relegating fierce rivals, can you say, in the process. So firstly, huge congratulations to Newton Moore and well done to them, uh, the team on the day with Charlie Ferguson, Craig McLeod and Declan Brannan getting on the score sheet with Glenn McIntosh getting his usual double to make it five on the day with Miko Berowski continuing the theme of can you say second team player names that are hard to pronounce, grabbing a consolation <laughs> goal for his side. Um, Newton Moore. I've only lost twice in the league, once at Glengarry on the opening day and once at Sky, and I've won all their other games, scoring 59 times on their way to North One Glory at the time of recording with three games left to play. Um, on the other hand, it's very, very strange that we won't be seeing King Yusey in North One next season. They are still levelling points with Glenarca at the bottom of the table, but Glenarca have three games in hand and we need to have lo- lose like a 21-goal margin during the three games to drop below King Yusey, who have no games remaining. So... The Kings, I mean, they started the season superbly. They won their opening three league games. Yet since then, they've only picked up one more victory, which was over Kinloch Shield, um, dooming them to bottom place with a season in North to all but certain in 2024. Newton Moore coming out on top in the league wasn't unlikely, but seeing King Yusey drop down this year was it was a shock to me anyway. Obviously, sometimes I struggle when the kind of the regional leagues, especially in the North ones, but. I wasn't expecting them to be down uh, the kind of the bottom kind of area of the league, especially after the start they had. So it'd be really interesting to see how they recover from this. I think teams in North Two won't be delighted <laughs> with the standard of team coming down for next season in King Yusey. But in saying that, it's not going to be a walk in the park for them. One of Lewis or Lacaren will still be there, and you've got teams like Caberfee, Comali, and maybe an improving Aberdeen Uni could all pose a threat. So congratulations to Newton Moore again, and I'll be keeping a keen eye on King Yusey and how or if they bounce back next time out. Yeah, 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 definitely one of the moments of the week. I think uh, we're just talking about housery there um, with Kieran Ishish and the fans. I think that Newt Moore did a bit of housery as well by having an unofficial trophy presentation uh, after the game, despite uh, obviously trophies not being handed out by the Kamenacht Association until the final day of the season. So, yeah, I mean, that's what you get in rivalries. That's what I you quite get like clubs. that. I can't lie. <laughs> that's superb. Uh, yeah, well, no comment from me, but uh, yeah, that's certainly housery. <laughs> Of the highest degree. Um, I'm going to talk about North 2, the division that Kinesi are going to be dropping into. Yeah. And with Lewis picking up points automatically due to Le Chabre being unable to travel, something I personally hate to see given the sort of commitment that the Islanders have to travel here all year round. The pressure was on Le Charen to continue their fine form and make sure that they shut out any sort of title challenge. Standing in their way, however, was a Caber face side that I had backed to get promoted from Maui North Division 2. And while that prediction is clearly not going to come true, it's also clear that they can mix it with the teams at the top of that division because they were able to see off Le Caron 4-2 at Castle Loud. 
And for a game that finished with six goals, it was pretty surprising that the first didn't actually come until five minutes into the second half when Rudy McCready put the host one up. Seamus Henderson would then go on to double their lead on the 60th minute mark. And that is when I first heard the score, as I was obviously working at the Strathdown. The next time I heard it, it was two each. And I thought, OK, Lacharan are going to add to the goals of Christian Finlayson and Ian McKenzie and go on to secure both points. However, a Cameron Grant double in the last seven minutes would mean that the points would stay in Castle Loud. That result did little for Cabers, other than give them, I guess, a little bit more of a chance to finish third. But for Lacharan, it means they cannot afford another defeat in the remaining three games if they're if they are to win the division. Sorry, and with a tough away trip to Kilmally on the cards at the end of September, it's really getting quite juicy towards the top of the division. For Lewis, the equation's pretty simple: beat Strathglass this weekend in their final game, and then hope that someone can beat Lacharan. Really exciting end to the season in North Two, and I personally cannot wait to see who is going to lift the title. Really excited for that, really exciting league, but not, and look for look out for this segue, not as excited as I am for the Telecoms Kavanagh Cup final. Oh, God. Kami, <laughs> you're going to be up there with me. You already have your ticket, and so do thousands of others. Obviously, last year did sell out, so it's really important, guys, to buy your tickets in advance so that you're able to make it there on the big day. Tickets are 17% off and it's set to be a great match with Macaulay Cup champions. Oban Kamenak obviously taking on Telecoms. Kamenak Cup holders, can you see at Back Park? And we'll be back with Kick Tip Corner after a quick word from our sponsors. Shinti is at the heart of the communities where Merry works and plays. And for 35 years, Merry has sponsored senior Kamenak leagues, the annual National Shinti Awards and, more recently, the Young Persons Development Fund. Whether it's with sponsorship or taking our salmon wagon to cup finals and fueling players and fans with our tasty salmon, we love being part of the Shinty family. So, from throw up to the final whistle, Maui Scotland will continue to work with the Kamenach Association to support our country's most iconic sport. now time for kick tip corner bat from last week because there was no kick tip this week uh we were absolutely snowed under didn't have time to put the games out didn't have time to do a podcast so just to recap what we missed from last week's one when i just did an interview with daniel sloss rossi 90 is still top closely followed by early leader carloway bear and the punisher in third spot I am in the Europa League places down in sixth although you know a mere 22 points off the top last week very average 13 points. Kami, how did it go for you? To be honest, Aidan, I cannot remember and I don't have the technical savvy to be able to find out. But I do know that I'm in the top 10 and well, I'm also only 28 points behind you. I have no clue what's happened. There may be a mixture of a very good week followed by picking Kamrick to win the Macaulay for my bonus points. But yeah. all of a sudden, I'm in the top 10 and I'm gunning for a Europa League spot. Is it too yeah. little too late? I don't think Ho- so. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it is. Um, no, yeah, I had a look, to be fair, at yours before we came on, and I, I'm kind of glad you don't know because I could have just imagined you rubbing that in even more. Uh, yeah, also got seven points more than me the week before and ended Oof. up with 20, which was one of the highest throughout the week. So, yeah, a good week for you combined with the five points, obviously, for backing Open Kamen Act, and suddenly I'm looking over my shoulder a little bit worried, but I'm uh, I'm going to keep looking at the ways. I'm going to aim we, for the top. And... Is this a wee nervy end to the season for you? Aaron? Could be, it, it could be, it could be. Um, it's well, taken me to nearly September to find out Kavi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are three big games this weekend. Yeah. I've put them all on the kick tip. Uh, probably should talk about them all. Where do you want to start? 
I mean, I'll start with the biggest of the three, and that's, of course, the maybe uh, Valerie Fraser Camera Cup final between GMA and Sky. Um, I believe this is the first final without Badenoch since 2017, which I personally believe has given this final a bit more of an edge, uh, but also a bit of uncertainty with two teams knowing what a massive opportunity this is for the respective clubs. Uh, first, I'll start with Sky, um, the team who knocked out the relentless Badenoch in the semi-finals not too long ago. Uh, they were the second best team in women's shinty last time out. Uh, they finished three points behind Champions Badenoch in the league and lost out to the same side 6-3 in last year's final. This season, strangely, I wouldn't necessarily say they've improved, but I don't think they're a weaker side either. Uh, the standard of the league has seemed to have stepped up a gear with Lochaber and GMA really coming coming into a game this year uh, to challenge the two runaway sides. Uh, but in saying that, I feel like Sky on their day this year have been blowing teams away. They've recorded some huge score lines over the course of the year and both one of the best forward lines in the game, which is clear, with them being uh, setting top goal scorers in the national division, scoring 54 times in 12 games. The forward line is spearheaded by Sarah Yoxon, who has the ability to be the difference maker in this final. And I'm almost certain she'll find a way in the score sheet. She's already bagged 22 goals this season and will cause a GMA defence an abundance of problems over the course of the game. In saying that, this is one of the strongest GMA sides I've seen in quite a while. And the side that's almost replicating their 2015 Valerie Fraser winning squad in many, many ways. They look much more refined this year. The defence is conceding less. They're scoring more goals and they're going into the games with a newfound confidence, which I think could give them an edge in this year's final. At the back, well, I say at the back, she plays almost anywhere as uh, Kirsty Roger. She's a commanding voice in the GMA team and a massive figure on and off the pitch for the club, as well being a very, very decent player uh, who's hound the back of the net quite a lot this season as well. But the player to watch for me, um, one of the kind of signings of the season is uh, Joanne Nicholson. I seen her in action earlier this year against Huddingston, and she was a real threat. She's a very natural goal scorer. And I feel if she's in included in the A-team for this final, then the Sky defence will need to limit her chances to very, very few to keep her off the score sheet. But I do love this final, in all honesty. Two different teams, both neck and neck in the league, in the league level on points. Third and fourth with three, four goal difference being the only kind of thing between them. Really tough one to call. I went Sky on kick tip, but as I'm saying all of this out loud, I might be changing to GMA. Hmm. There's, there's nothing and I'm really looking forward to it anyway. Yeah, me too. It should be a really good contest. Two great sides, probably the most even Valerie Fraser Kamina Cup final we've had in a long time. Uh, if you read the start pack I put out on the CA website, you'll already know this. But uh, just to really underline the closeness between the two sides, Sky are scoring 4.5 goals per game. GMA, just 0 0.04 difference from that. Um, similarly, Sky are conceding 1.83 goals per game, with GMA conceding 0 0.02 more than that. So the underlying numbers are really tight going into Saturday. While slightly worse off in terms of the numbers, GMA are coming into the game on a red-hot run of form, winning their last five games, with Sky winning three and losing two. Uh, what you might say about that, though, is Sky probably have the harder run over that period as they faced uh, both Lechaber and Badenoch, probably the two next strongest sides in the Maui National. On kick tip, again, similar to you, I think I'm going to back Sky. Um, as I fancy them, probably led by Sarah Yoxon, just to edge things um, and squeeze past GMA on Saturday. But really looking forward to it. I said earlier on, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it to the game, but I'm really looking forward to either watching it uh, on TV at home or being there. Um, and if I do make it to the game, I will get to see another final, because before that is the Maui Challenge Cup. 
Now, I absolutely love seeing trophies exchange hands. It gets boring for us to see the same teams win again and again and again. But I am really struggling to make a case for Inverness beating the reigning champions, Kinloch Shield, in this one. Inverness are scoring plenty of goals, but Kinloch Shield have scored almost double while also having a defence that's more than three times as tight. Similarly, Inverness can boast some amazing young talented goal scorers, the likes of Isla McNeil and Cameron Hughes, but she'll have arguably the best young talent in all of Shinty, which is Lexi McKenzie. And of course, with the experience um, and know-how that Lorna McRae brings to the team, they have that extra element that I think will just be too much for Inverness. We saw Shields steamroller Inverness 8-1 earlier in the season. And while I don't think it will be as big a score as that, I do think that they will have their work cut out to stop the sort of potent Kinloch Shield forward line. Just to once again underline Shields' credentials coming into this game, they've scored 44 goals in three games in the Maui Challenge Cup and have conceded just one. I really can't see anything else other than a Kinloch Shield victory, although I do hope, of course, it's a much tighter scoreline than it was in the league. And if Inverness do manage to pull off a shock, then it will give me some oh-so-sweet ammunition to fire at Regional Development Officer for the East, Elena McLennan, who will be pulling on the red of Kinloch Shield. Yeah, uh, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, a good final ahead. I'm a massive, massive fan of the Challenge Cup. I think it's been great since it's been introduced. But as you said, I can't see past a team who have a 100% record in all competitions this year. Uh, I think so anyway. And they're the most promising side in women's shinty, conceding only 13 times all uh, this season as well, Like as well as a mm. prolific forward line, uh, scoring a ton during that time. I mean, Inverness will be right up for it and will cause problems, no doubt about it. But I think it's Shields to lose. I think that's probably right. That's our verdict anyway, and that's who I'll be backing on Kicktip. There is one other game, well, one other main game on Saturday, and it is the Cool Cap. Kami, the South obviously managed to pick up a good win in last year's edition. You were there that day. Do you think it'll be more of the same this time round? No. Uh, (laughs) I think the Cup will return to the North this year, Um, but I don't think a lot separates it. Um, going into this year's game, both teams are looking stacked in terms of ability, and uh, I'd even argue that this year's final is possibly a step higher in terms of an overall spectacle with the caliber players on the show. But I fancy the North a bit more when the teams were originally announced, it could have went either way. But af- after the kind of changes, the particularly the defensive changes, because like I was looking at the kind of the original defensive kind of setup for the South, and I'm like that is that was impressive, like some Murdo McCray. Jamie Forgreave from Oban Celtic, Money McClymouth, one of Cole Glenn's best players, and then, of course, it would have been Daniel Sloss from Oban Kamrick. That's a superb defence, and I, I didn't really see how the North were going to penetrate that, even with the likes of Max Campbell and Archie McRae. Mm. But now, with the changes, even though there have been good changes, I just am fancying the the North forward line more than the South forward line to get goals, and I think goals win your games, and that'll be the difference in this one. Yeah, I think you're right to maybe touch upon it. I would assume it must be the case that Oban Kamenecht are maybe not wanting to risk some of their players ahead of the Kamenecht final, which which you can totally understand. But, you know, with the South having no Matthew Sloss, no Daniel Sloss, no Louis McFarlane, no Blair McFarlane, you know, if those players were included, do you agree with me that maybe the South would probably just edge it in terms of overall strength? Overall, across the park, I'd say so. Yeah, uh, particularly going off of last season's final, the... Two standouts for me. One still playing was Jamie Forgreave. He was my man of the match. But the other one was Blair McFarlane right in the centre of the park. And I mean, it was it was 3-1 in the day. And I know the North went, I wouldn't necessarily say they had their full strength squad out. 
but it was probably as one-sided to an extent as finals as you get. It was complete dominance from the South. There was times when Ryan Craig at fullback, uh, he was the only person in the South half at points when it was just hmm. constant barrage of South attacks. With the Oban boys no longer in that team, it makes it a much more equal affair. But I would definitely now favour in terms of the North and then, as I said earlier on, in terms of the firepower as well. Particularly Max Campbell is the one I think might be the difference maker in this final as well. But yeah, they're missing the South missing the Open boys I think is huge. Yeah, we, we know of course that the North must fall. That much is clear. <laughs> Do you think that there are signs that the North is falling? Uh, obviously lose, lost the, the Cool Cup last year. Uh, Oban won the Macaulay Cup this year, like you say, first time since the 90s. Do you, do you think that the South's maybe starting to get more of a foothold? Um, I don't think it's clear cut as the North must fall, as you definitely see this time of year um, in the, kind of the, the Cool Cup. But I think the South is coming into a good period of shinty. There's a lot of really, really promising young players, and that's you know, that goes with the, the under-17 squad as well. Um, which, I mean, obviously, as a South man, I think it's absolutely fantastic to see. Yeah. Um, as clear cut as the South's coming out in top in the North, I don't think so. But I think it's been a much closer difference than it has been in the past kind of five or ten years. And would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's definitely closing the gap. It's definitely closing the gap. I think at youth level, at least, um, it'd be interesting. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I said throughout the whole year that I was would be delighted if Open Kamenak were able to to win a national trophy. I think it's good for national trophies to be going to the south. It's good for Shinty. Um, and yeah, I'd be excited to see. I, I don't have like there's a couple of Bewley guys in the, in the squad, so I want the North to win, but for them. But no. like if if there wasn't, I I honestly wouldn't care at all if, if the South won ten nil. Like it did. I'm not I'm not impassioned about the north yeah know. i think it's it's a game i always kind of want to watch I'm, I'm missing it this weekend unfortunately um but it is it's a game it's just you want to look at these players individually and how yeah. they gel with other teammates as well i think it's such an interesting fixture i really really enjoyed it last year and it's also good because you can get to see it's not just all premiership players as well you get to see uh, some players in the regional leagues you get a lot of butte boys uh, in south one there you've got like some kind of call Glen players in the south and as you said like when you get to kind of watch your the players that you know in your case obviously the Bewley boys i think you and mccormick's playing as well as maybe one other yeah. uh, he also that's another thing he also might be a different maker for um, the north he's a fantastic player um yeah i think it's just a great spectacle and i think if you're in the area you should definitely go watch it yeah 100 percent, 100 percent Okay, so we're going to finish up with a game of Wavelength. Kami, it's your turn to choose the numbers, so I'm going to take my headphones off and then you can fire away. Okay, so he's got his headphones off. I'm going to go for seven. Okay, that was more successful than the run-through we had originally <laughs> where I heard the number. So, yeah, let's get this show on the road. Um, okay, Kami, I'm going to ask you to give me... We're going to stick to this rules we did before. Three shinty questions, two normal questions. Okay. I'm going to start with a shinty one. I'm going to ask you to give me a shinty kit. Okay. Right, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I don't need to think of a... I nearly just gave it away straight away. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, shinty kit. I'll go for um, Sky. Sky, okay. Mm, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's uh, it's not it's not ten nine. I don't think so. But I don't think it's bad. So it must be like six seven probably, maybe five as low as a five potentially. I don't mind it. Um, I much prefer the white to the light blue that they used to have anyway. Uh, but anyway, yeah, okay. I'm saying I'm about a six just now, Kami. Um, okay. I'm gonna take it to a coach coaching level now. Kami, and I'm looking for a shinty position that your best player plays in. So where you would want your best, like if it was a 10, it would probably be the position you want them to be playing in, you know, if, oh. if you had a 10 at 10. You know what I mean? 
I kind of get what you mean, right? Okay, I'll, okay. We'll go for that. Right. So, in terms of a coaching standpoint, I'm going to say half forward. Okay. Half forward. That's a good position. That's pushing me up a little bit from a six. Maybe you're a fan of this guy, Kit. That's pushing me up probably to a seven or an eight. That's one of the three positions I would want my best player in anyway. Um, okay. Move on. Uh, give me a. I told you I was going to Lisbon. Uh, give me a country to visit with the boys. Or oh, with the boys. See, yeah, that changes boys, it. That changes it big time. Yeah, we're not looking yeah. for cultural artefacts here, can we? Yeah, you're not off to Bora Bora or anything like that. That's fine. <laughs> um, with the boys. Right, okay, okay. Um, I'll give you... Sw- yeah, we'll go Sweden. Oh, okay. S- Sweden with the boys. <laughs> um, I've been to Sweden. It's not. It's fine, but it, I went in wintertime and it was, it was dark the whole time. Um... Sweden with the boys probably takes me down to five, maybe a six, back to a six, maybe. Ooh, this is getting tough. So I've got two questions left. Um, let me go for another shinty one then, and I'll finish with a normal question. Give okay. me a shinty. Give me a shinty goalkeeper. A shinty goalkeeper. <sighs> right, right, right. John White of Kyle's. Yeah, John White, a good keeper, but definitely not in the sort. Well, not in my top three anyway, but certainly a Premiership goalkeeper still, and deservedly so. Um. Okay, that's going to push me up a little bit from a five to maybe a six. It could be a seven, though. Okay, but I'm between a six and a seven. Um, and I'm looking for a breakfast item. So whether that's a, a cooked breakfast or any kind of breakfast, just any item that you could eat for breakfast. Right, okay, okay. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll keep it within a, a full Scottish breakfast. Yeah, that's And fine. look at them individually. Or oh, see, this, this could differentiate a wee bit because i could see something really highly and you could see something not uh, right okay bacon 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 right okay so uh, basically i've got all everything i've got everything between five and seven and a ten so <laughs> so okay that's really not helped me too much um i've got that's got to take you up come you've got that i mean a ba- i was at six bacon cannot be lower than a six for you surely um Okay, I'm going to lock in... Oh, I just can't see Sweden being higher than a six to visit with the boys. I'm going to lock in a six, Kami. Is it a six? It's a seven. Oh, for... <laughs> <sighs> You're right. really low rating of Sweden. It's probably caution. Probably my low ish rating of bacon is maybe throwing you off there. I like bacon. But... I really like bacon. But I, on a fry-up, I'm looking at black pudding. I'm looking at kind of... Oh, like slice of lawn sausage, if you call it. That's what I'm looking at yeah. for my, my 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 headliners there. Bacon, great subheadliner. I love it. If it's not on my breakfast, I'm raging. But not the headliners. But... Behave yourself, right? The headliners. <laughs> the headliners are eggs, which are absolutely non-negotiable. Okay. Um, and followed closely by probably square sausage, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, ba- but bacon is pretty close to that top top three. If it's not in it, black You've not pudding is black pudding the, the, the worst. Literally oh. worst. It's the worst part. Heart, heartburn uh, central. It's fantastic. I had black pudding on my roll yesterday. It was superb in a random wee place outside Perth. Fantastic. Oh, do you know what? Here, I'm going to go check that place out. It sounds class. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, anyway, that has brought us to the end of this week's episode. All that I have left to say is thank you very much for joining me, Cami. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. And thank you for listening. Enjoy your shinty.